Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show that takes a look back at albums, video games and movies and ask anyone for seconds. I am your host, Dave. How are we all doing? Our rates. When did the pandemic become an algebra problem? Anyway, it's movie week and we travel back to 1980 and take a look back at Zombie Creeping Flesh. The whole village is contaminated and there have been many deaths. Now they're celebrating the funerals. Bodies have to be cremated. Wish to God I knew what's happening here. I insist that the most serious situation we have to deal with is cremating the bodies. Cut it out! Stop wasting your damn bullets, you jerks! You need to hit their heads! I told you! Say it like this! Get away! Wait, I've not heard of that. Well, perhaps you've heard of it under one of its many other names. How about Virus? Hell of the Living Dead? Night of the Zombies? No? Nothing. Okay, it's not for everyone, but why are we revisiting this? Well... I recently acquired the really rather lovely Blu-ray release from 88 Films. And you know what? The film fits the format, so it was a good excuse to give it a watch. So, without further delay, shall we do a big dump? A context dump, no less. Why yes, I think we should. Just to note, I'll be referring to the film as Zombie Creeping Flesh from now on, as that's his British name, and I be a British-type person. Zombie Creeping Flesh is a 1980 cult Italian horror film directed by Bruno Mattai. Mattai was a prolific director who directed under 50 films under various pseudonyms in his native Italy, but is most well known for his work within the horror genre. It is worth noting that his pseudonym for this film was Vincent Dawn, a request made specifically by Spanish co-financiers to help sell the film abroad to foreign markets. The film was written by Claudio Fragrasso, who himself was a majorly prolific screenwriter, including credits on the legendary good-bad movie Troll 2. He also worked on Zombie 3 and Rats Nights of Terror. Zombie Creeping Flesh was shot in five weeks. The film makes a notable use of stock footage to help give the illusion of the film being set in New Guinea, when in reality it was actually shot in Barcelona. However, when the production moved back to Italy to film interior shots, Matai realised that a lot of the footage that was filmed in Spain was almost unusable and insufficient, contributing to the film's scattershot feel and almost incomprehensible plot. As a result, it was agreed that new sets should be built that completely mirrored the village shown in the stock footage, in an attempt to scrape some form of semblance to the film. Whether that works or not is completely arguable. The film was originally placed on the now infamous UK video nasty list in 1983. It was originally placed under section 2, meaning that if any retailer or distributor was caught supplying the film, they would be subject to prosecution, which could mean a large fine or jail time in some cases for disseminating obscene materials. However, it was removed from the list some years later and soon available for home purchase in an edited form in the UK. The fully uncut version was not available in the UK until 2002. 
I hope to cover Video Nasties more in depth on a potential special episode in the future. Do you want a synopsis? Well, thanks to IMDb, you can have one. A tough female reporter and her cameraman boyfriend team up with a four-man commando unit in the New Guinea jungle who are fighting flesh-eating zombies. Lovely. While the film doesn't actually have a critic score on review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, it does actually have an audience score of 39%. Enough said. With all that said, shall we get into the nitty-gritty and ask anyone for seconds? Let's join the rewatch now. Before this commentary starts, I need to do something that to this point has never been done on the podcast. We're going to listen to the wonderful unwrapping ceremony because I haven't opened this Blu-ray yet. Now, normally when I buy the Blu-rays, I just rip them straight open as soon as I get home. This time I've decided, no, do you know what? You deserve the unwrapping ceremony. So just, just to prove my point. Yeah, that's that's still unopened. So let's let's get to it. Let's get to this uh, unwrapping. Oh, oh. Ah, oh, listen to that. Eh. And we're in. Let's have a look at this bad boy. Look at that. That's gorgeous. So we've got the reversible sleeve. Lovely disc. Nice. Let's uh, pop it in the PS4 and see what happens. My personal history with this film is that I think I've seen it maybe once before. And I think I had it on a, a DVD, which I think I probably, I think it was an Australian copy. Because a few years ago, I had a region free DVD Blu-ray player, which I'd cracked, obviously, to get it region free. And I was importing a lot of stuff. And I think possibly with uh, this zombie DVD set that I imported, I also imported a load of uh, Nazi exploitation films. Which, honestly, I wish I had kept because I could have done a lot of commentaries on those Nazi exploitation films now. So, yeah. But, I mean, aside from that, I think I've seen this once. It was a few years ago, though, and I haven't seen it since then. I mean, obviously, this film is notoriously bad. How bad is it, though? Let's, let's find out. So this intro, all the scientists kind of hiding around the panel and stuff, is really, really giving me zombie flesh eaters to zombie three, whatever you want to call it, vibes. I mean, obviously, I know that zombie three, zombie flesh eaters too, whatever you want to call it, is supposedly directed by Lucio Fulci. I mean, really it's not. It was actually pretty much directed by Bruno Mattai, who's directed this film. So maybe that's why, obviously, you've got that similar vibe. And I think it was even, I believe, Zombie Flesh Eaters 2 was... I think it was also written by Claudio Fagrasso. So that would probably be why as well. I mean, those hoods... 
considering we are now living in an age where we need to wear PPE and stuff like that, those those big grey hoods they've got over their heads, they wouldn't do a thing because they're open at the bottom. They wouldn't do a damn thing to help protect from radiation. Not a damn thing. <laughs> so what we've had right now is a rat coming back to life, crawling inside the suit of the guy and eating him alive. And there's just blood spurting everywhere. And this guy is just hamming up his death to... Oh, my word. I did say that those hoods would do nothing to protect you. And it turns out that I was quite right. I just didn't realise that it was going to be a rat that would crawl inside the suit to kill him. <laughs> oh, dear. Fantastic. And it's also worth noting, in the background, I noticed it during the opening credits, that apparently Goblin did the score for this, but it is totally worth noting that in the background of this scene, I can hear one of the themes from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> so, it is, so, I mean, technically they're right, it was scored by Goblin, but they've obviously done your typical Italian thing, and they're just stealing things left, right, and centre. So they're like, we like that bit of music from Dawn of the Dead. We'll just steal that and just put it in this. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I say typically Italian thing. I obviously mean typically Italian filmmaker thing from this era. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. I can already tell I'm going to have a good time with this. And thus, the Dawn of the Dead similarities continue. So, we're met with a scene right now where there is a police group SWAT team outside of a building that is holding, quote-unquote, terrorists, immigrants, what have you, whatever it is. And obviously, our SWAT team here, they're dressed identically the way that the SWAT team was dressed in Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> It's just comical. It's just such typical Italian filmmaking of the era is that they're going to just rip everything off from the Americans. Oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. On top of that, the dubbing as well is just awful. It's, it's just, oh my word, it's staggering to think how awful it is. Things can only really go up from here, to be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like they're not even a trying to be its own thing anymore at the moment. It's like a really bad remake of Dawn of the Dead. Can you hear that in the background? I'll just crank it up so you can hear it. So you've got the SWAT team going into the action theme from from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, this is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I can't wait. I swear to God, if they blow a guy's head off, 
and it explodes. I'm just, I don't even know what to say. Something has got missed in translation there, but I don't think the line should have been, or maybe they are leprechauns. <laughs> oh dear. As you can see by the staggering and how grey they are, <laughs> I think it's safe to say they're not leprechauns. I think they're zombies. I've got to say, the little kid playing the zombie, eating whatever it is, eating, well, it's supposed to be intestines or whatever, but obviously the kid, wasn't it? It's actually doing a better job than the rest of the whole entire cast because that kid looks creepy as hell. You know, it's just beggar's belief. Even when he was dying, he, it was quite good. And then when he came back to life and how evil he looked, that little kid was doing great work and chances are he probably didn't even know what he was doing so we've got our intrepid SWAT team right now driving through the jungle and obviously the producers or however have gone we need to pad the running time let's use lots of stock footage and it is so different it's such a different camera grade and stuff like that it's so obvious look there's a it's a slow motion monkey in the tree just jumping about. Why? <laughs> what What does that add to the film? It adds nothing at all. What is this? <laughs> Gratuitous boob shot. They could have just showed a shot from far away of her getting undressed but no close up on the boobs because of course we've gone into some kind of weird surreal like cannibal crossover film now it's just what and there is only one film that gets the cannibal zombie crossover right and that is zombie holocaust <laughs> While we're talking about cannibals, I honestly think that the best cannibal film made is probably going to be Cannibal Holocaust. It's thought-provoking in a way that it shouldn't be because obviously it was made with, you know, an exploitative kind of idea in mind obviously the whole um you know animal cruelty the the over-the-top violence obviously the sexual violence as well and things like that although having said that the way it's filmed was kind of revolutionary for the time because obviously it gave birth to the found footage genre given the basis of the film is, obviously, they go in uh, Dr. Monroe, 
goes. I don't think his name's Doctor Monroe. Damn, can't remember his name now. But anyway, the guy goes into the jungle to find obviously this footage of to find out what happened to the camera crew that went there before. And you know that that had never been done before, and that obviously kind of um, kind of the whole look and the visceral feel of the film kind of amplifies it. Admittedly, as well, it is obviously quite controversial with the fact that there was, you know, animal cruelty that was just filmed for the sake of, you know, being filmed. You know, I mean, obviously, yes, the villagers, tribe people, whatever you want to call them, I mean, they did obviously kill the animals, they only killed what they would eat. But it was kind of an afterthought, you know. It was more of the fact that they killed it. They, you know, the filmmakers makers killed them for pure exploitation and entertainment you know maybe that's the thing i can get into on another episode that's not this isn't really the right place to talk about it so remember i said it kind of um it's tailed off it's actually sort of picked up again now so we're in the middle of they found a house somewhere i don't really know where they found a house but they've found a house and they've gone in and kind of there's zombies everywhere. They're breaking in. They're breaking through the walls, obviously, and things like that. So, and now we get all the gore and the killing and stuff. So, like I say, it's only took another 15, 20 minutes from when, obviously, the zombie attack happened in in the the tribe village. I still don't honestly know why they decided let's go to a tribe village because of, of course you know but then there's not a lot of things about this film that make complete sense I'm going to be honest this film has has made me tired I'm I'm quite tired I'm 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 a, I'm, I'm not going to lie I'm a bit bored I mean, that intro was absolutely batshit bonkers and it was crazy and, yeah. I just feel like now we're kind of reaching peak, kind of bad. Ugh, you have to excuse me. Like I say, I'm quite tired now. Because obviously that is the first thing you do when... Zombies have been grabbing your hair through a door and they're about to break through. Did you check your hair? <laughs> That's so stupid. I still don't understand the need for stock footage in this film. It's long enough as it is. It's a, it's a, a not very sprightly 99 minutes. And then you've just got random shots of stock footage of animals and stuff. I was like, take that moment there. It was just a load of bats flying about. What? Why? For whatever reason, the more I'm watching of this, the more it makes me want to watch Burial Ground. Don't know why. I mean, Burial Ground is the better film, granted, 
But nonetheless, I don't know why it's making me want to watch it. I guess it's because, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I would have thought if it made me want to watch anything, it would make me want to watch the original Dawn of the Dead. Because obviously this is such a clear rip-off of Dawn of the Dead, you know? With the goblin music, obviously, like I said, the SWAT team dressed in exactly the same manner. You, your, um, your female character, you know, who happens to look like your female character in Dawn of the Dead, you know? I don't know. It's it's a strange film, this one. Because, like I say, you get that absolutely batshit, mental, crazy opening sequence, and then kind of the rest of it just kind of plods along. Oh, I'm just bored. I'm just bored. Yeah. Like the one SWAT character who's deciding, do you know what? I'm going to be the hero. And, and and let everyone escape while I distract all the zombies from, you know, doing whatever. Waving about a torch with a flame on it or, you know, just, just talking. What can I be described as utter crap at them? It just doesn't, you know, it's just, I don't even know. So I assume we're at the end of the film, so obviously we've got this section here where a different woman's gone up to effectively a zombie to ask him whether he can have a light, whether she can have a light for a cigarette. So as they're kind of eating her and stuff, they're not, she's not fighting back, which is just, just weird. You would have thought even with them biting her and things like that, that she still would have um, fought back somewhat. Even the guy who just got killed there, even he sort of um, fought back in a manner of speaking. Well, I suppose we should cut back to future Dave to see what he has to say about this. What started as a joyous over-the-top zombie romp slowly turned into a boring, uninspired rip-off of American zombie classic Dawn of the Dead. I can't blame the film studios initially at the time wanting to exploit its popularity, especially after Zombie 2, aka Zombie, aka Zombie Flesh Eaters, gained notoriety within the UK and made a lot of money within its native Italy. That's not to say that Zombie Creeping Flesh doesn't have some merit. The gore effects are pretty nasty and grisly, especially when one of our heroes is effectively disemboweled. The quote-unquote score by Goblin is fantastic, only because it's been lifted from much better films. You can't go wrong with Goblin. Oh, that must be why Drunk Dave ordered the best of album that time. Mystery solved. Thanks, Drunk Dave. Anyway, I wouldn't necessarily want to recommend this to anyone, to be honest. It's a cult curio that might appeal to some truly niche fans of Italian movie horror. For me, though, it's a film that's just plain boring. It's full of cliches, uninspired characters that don't make me care and with dubbing that is some of the worst I've ever seen in a film of this type. There are better films similar to this, like the aforementioned Zombie Flesh Meters, an evil burial ground with its own flaws and charms that Zombie Creeping Flesh just seems to lack. Thanks once again for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? 
want to let me know why this film is much better when you are much more drunk. Get in contact with us. We're over on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We're even on Facebook. We've got a lovely page. Just search for anyone for seconds. You will find us. You can even get in contact via email on anyone for seconds at gmail.com. I do read the emails. I promise. Don't forget to leave a like rating and review on your podcast provider of choice because we are literally everywhere. And if you do that, it helps us grow this wonderful, lovely little podcast. So this time, I think I'm probably going to leave you his majesty that is known as Goblin. Thanks once again. Stay safe. You got this. <laughs>